Welcome to The Block on Live True. I'm your host, Joel Livingston. And I'm Roberta Robinson. On Live True, we will discuss all things life, sports, entertainment, marriage, and relationships. We're going to make you laugh and have thought-provoking conversations at the same time. Remember, your life is your story. Write well, edit often. Welcome to the show, Live True. I'm your host, Joelle Livingston. And I'm Roberta Robinson. Hey, Roberta. Um, today is a great day. Excited about this show today. Uh, let's dive into it. Uh, we just finished up our last shootout. I was over at Mansfield Fieldhouse today, you know, and we just finished up our last shootout with my basketball team. And we ended up, we didn't do too well. So we ended up, I think we had like three or four shootouts. Um, in, between August and um, October, we finished up five and five. Um, the, the season officially starts October the 25th. Can you believe it? I can't. It's already October. I know, right? It's like, nuts. I, like, like you just thought it was just January, mm, right? You know, just yesterday. So we're a five A program. Um, Kimball out in Oak Cliff. You know, they 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 won it last year. So if anybody is a Kimball Knight or or was at the, uh, the state tournament. Kimball won the 5A last year, and hopefully we'll get a chance to dance in San Antonio and, uh, and achieve that crown this year. And so San Antonio is where the, the, state of bas- the state of Texas basketball championships are held every year right around March. So hopefully we'll also have a little bit of, of March Madness this year. Uh, now entertainment. Uh, Roberta, what, what you got for entertainment? Yeah, today I actually want to talk about the writer's strike. If you haven't heard about it, the writer's strike just recently ended. It basically started in May 1st. It was about a five-month um, hiatus, and that pretty much put a halt on all TV and film production. And when you're in L.A., that's a huge entity of the Hollywood uh, you know, sector. The reason this uh, writer's strike wouldn't happen, I did a little research on it. Basically, what's happening is we have all these streaming platforms, and in the perfect world as a writer... The ideal goal is to be on a show that has longevity so you have a longer career within your writing. Mm-hmm. You start to learn about the writing, you start to learn about the show, you build these characters, you build the plot, um, and you take, for instance, shows like Seinfeld, The Cosby Show, Family Matters, um, all of these longevity shows that were around. As a writer, if I was a writer, that meant I got to be there for a long time writing. If there was usually about 26 episodes per season, that let me know that I was writing all the time and I could make a decent living, um, actually a pretty good living uh, being a writer. What's happening now is there are so many streaming platforms and short-term programming. That's what's happening is is when you turn a streaming app on and you you watch a show, you can binge watch it and say there's only nine episodes, nine episodes are done and the writers are already paid and then they're looking for their next line of work. So you're talking about like 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 Hulu, Netflix, uh, Peacock. Yeah, because all I know of there was a because I know there was a show that um, I really enjoyed watching. It was um, the Ozark. Mm-hmm. And you know, I think they I don't know, it, it's been a minute. I think they discontinued that. Yeah, I think it was and, six or seven seasons if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, and yeah. Virgin River just came back and I finished you know, I think it was season five of that, and and even um, um, All American. You know, mm-hmm. they had to postpone that, right? You know, and it's supposed to be the next season supposed to be out, I think November. So, um, so I see the effects of it. Mm-hmm. So, so, so what now? 
So what they're doing is um, they negotiated with, um, you know, the powers that be on this side. And what's happening is it's a tentative agreement so they can get better waging. I did some research as well. And they said the average writer in Hollywood only makes 65 to about $100,000. If you think about it in the grand scheme of it, when you think about Hollywood, you think it's high power, you think it's high pay. Mm. But a lot of these writers, if you listen to their story, they are not making the money that they um could make of these long series. So it makes it hard to be a career person, especially in the state of California where there's federal tax and state tax. You know, we live in Texas, so we don't have, you know, the state tax um, off of our paycheck. California, you're getting hit about 48% out of your regular pay. So if you don't have, um, you know, if your pay is not there, you're making 65, you're really only making about 35, 38. And in California, it's very hard to live like that. So it's really interesting to see um, the residual effects of these shorter term programs. It's great. And there's benefits to it. Obviously, you can watch programs that you haven't seen, lots of documentaries, things of that nature. But it really affects, you know, the people that are creating the content. And these creators of the content is really imperative for these shows to have success. Gotcha. Mm-hmm. Well, when I when I heard about the writer strike, and and it's amazing how you know, the, you know, you think that Hollywood is all that, and you're making money. Mm-hmm. Um, I remember the guy um, who played opposite of um, I think Issa on um, what was that show? Oh, on Insecure. Oh, yeah, on, that's yes, right. We're watching Insecure, that. And he mm-hmm. was talking about how um, the light skinned guy, I forgot his name, but. Mm-hmm. He was just talking about how uh, people think it's glamorous and and they're getting paid and and a lot of these guys are still living check to check. Check to check. You know, because they're not, um, because like you said, you know, once I get through writing this show on the streaming network, I'm done. Now I'm looking for the next one and the next one might not come until months later. I'm going months without a check. Mm -hmm. So um, that's crazy. You know, as we sit here and we look on TV and we see these people and a lot of them, you know, they live check to check, just like the normal person. Yeah, you know, even these blockbuster um, actors, you know, they're making money off of these first films. But if you're a, you know, A or B kind of actor in that in that sector, you have to be working a lot. That's why you see a lot of these actors on Lifetime movies, on BET movies, the ones that go straight to film because they're actually getting to work. Yeah. So it's interesting to see in this world and how you know, AI and how um, film and production is being done. It's all digital now. It's not like it used to be back in the day with actual film. Um, You know, there's a lot of, you know, independent um, artists out there now. So we'll see more to come on that, but it is a tentative deal still, but people are back at work now. All the shows are back on. Uh, They just did an ad with uh, Jimmy Kimmel and Jimmy Fallon saying, we're all back to work now. We can come back. So (laughs) it's kind of interesting to see how this goes. This was longer than the last one. The last one was 100 days, I believe. Back in 08. Yeah, it was a long time. Oh, wow. So I wonder, I mean, what's what's the length of the contract before they decide, hey, you know what, we're going to go on strike again? That's a great question. I was doing some more research on it. And being that it's a tentative deal, really you're not sure if that's going to happen so they're saying that some actors are still going to go on strike so if we become SAG actors you know we become part of that we could then go on strike with them saying we want better benefits I did and I have heard we've had to have conversations with other people in the industry they said that the benefits um with being in the um, in SAG as well, you do get great benefits. So I'm sure there's some give and take there and they have to figure that out. So okay. it's just interesting to see how that works. Cool, cool, mm-hmm. cool. 
Well, um, we, you know, we talked about, you know, uh, the writers not getting paid and not getting their, their um, you know, what they deserve and they're writing shows and, 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 you know, some of these guys are living check to check. Well, it's kind of what I want to talk about today. Um, I read, you know, I know we have been talking, you know, this past week and, you know, I read somewhere that the average millionaire has seven streams of income. Um, but, but to want to be a millionaire, you know, Roberta is not just, it's not, not just enough to want to be there. Um, they was also talking about, you have to train your mind each day to wake up and tell yourself, I want to be a millionaire. Um, I know that last year, you know, I would always tell myself that by the time, you know, I was 45, just turned 46. I said, by the time I'm 50, I will be a millionaire. And I always wanted to, to, to be that, not just for me, but also to be able to help other people, you know, that, hey, if I need something and I have the money to, and, and the means to do it, then I want to be able to do it. It's just say, well, I don't have it. You know, it's not all about me, but, um, but yeah, it's a, a millionaire um, has seven streams of income. I was reading an article about uh, by Kimberly Olson, um, and she's been, you know, she's been, she's been, she's on LinkedIn, and she's been on TED Talk, and you know, one of the number one best-selling authors and top twenty-five marketing podcasts. She says the key to success by is by leveraging your time and money mm-hmm. by scaling your business, and I never really, you know, um, understood that. You know, and so I kept looking at it and I kept reading more about what, you know, what does she mean by leveraging your time? Um, and so what, when I was reading about it, if I open up a restaurant, okay, and you only got 24 hours in a day, right? Right. So if I open up a restaurant and that whole 24 hours, I'm going to get, you know, uh, food to cook, I'm having stuff delivered, I'm you know, cooking the food, I'm being the host, I'm not leveraging my time at all. I'm actually working and working and working. And if I'm working so much at that one job, how can I focus on something else to create another stream of income? And so what she was saying to do is that you don't want to do that. Like if you open up a restaurant or you open up some kind of, you know, coaching business or whatever, then by you getting people to work for you to take on those certain tasks, then now you're scaling up. So now if I hand over the reins to you, okay, and you work the business for me and I pay you, now I now I get money there. I can move on to the next, um, you know, uh, uh, invention of, you know, something else that I want to do. And then now I'm working that business too. So before you know it, I already have three streams of income. And so that's one of the things that she talked about, you know, and she used those words, leveraging your time and and money and by scaling up your business. Because if I hand it over to you and now you're making money for me, then now I can go do something else. And I don't have to spend so much time, you know, being a host, being a cook, you know, and just being everything else all at, you know, all at the same time for the restaurant. It's very true. Um, they say the sign of a good leader or entrepreneur is surrounding yourself with people that can actually do the work that's needed to get done for success. There's a book called The Four Day Work Week. It's very, it's a short read, 
really great read, but every entrepreneur, every leader needs to read it. It basically states in there, don't use all of your 24 hour resources in the day. Make sure you're selecting your time appropriately and carving out what you're supposed to do that day to get you to the next step. Mm-hmm. Use the people in your circle to get the menial tasks done, not menial meaning you know, uh, not worth anything, meaning the task that you can give to somebody else, delegate and trust that they're going to get it done so that you can get to the next step. I think we lose sight of it when you take on a new job. So we're trying, we've, we're building a podcast here. We're building a business. The idea is if you are working so hard, you can't see the growth. Mm-hmm. Now, when you start a business, you're going to work hard. You, it's it's inevitable. Absolutely. It's inevitable. You're going to work. You're going to work late hours. We've worked late hours, you know, planning and scripting and mm-hmm. doing whatever we need to do. But if you work so much that you can't put people in your circle to delegate to get to that next step, you're really running in circles. Mm-hmm. And a lot of times that's what happens with failing businesses. They run in circles and then they're not sustainable. I was talking with a friend today and she has a business and I've seen it grow. Um, She's actually looking for a sales team now because of the fact that she's bringing in most of the business because she's working so hard and she realizes it's not sustainable. Mm -hmm. And one of the things she teaches is sustainability is the only way your your business is going to grow. So it's super important and super important that you take those resources and see what you're going to do. Um, One of the biggest things you can also do um, in growing this is who is your executive team? They always say, if you're in a room, who would be at your round table? Who would be your treasurer? Who would be your vice president? Mm-hmm. Who would be your secretary? Who would be your, uh, you know, sergeant at arms? These are the individuals in your life that can be mentors, you know, that can grow your business. Those are examples of how you can get ahead in life. It doesn't hurt to grow. It doesn't hurt to ask questions. It doesn't hurt to get knowledge about what's going on. Learn your craft, learn your business so that you can pass it on to the next, grow and move on to the next uh, business venture. Cause that's the only way you can grow your income. So. Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, you know, I was thinking about, um, the last couple of Saturdays that, you know, I've had the opportunity to, you know, go and, and, and learn how to, um, drive a, a 18 wheeler. Um, I have my, my CDL already for class B, so I'm upgrading it to a class A and I've, you know, had the opportunity to go and, you know, be on the trucking yard and learn how to drive and learn the pre-trip inspection and, and all those things. However, you know, I'm learning for the benefit that I would know what I'm doing, but I am not, my plan is for me not to be able to drive. You know, my plan is to be able to drive if I absolutely have to, but I am going to hire a driver. Why? Because I want to scale up my business. Once we hire that driver, now the driver is on the road and the driver is driving and making, you know, making loads and making money while I can move on to my next project, you know, that I have, you know, that I have going on. And so those are things that, 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 that I look forward to. Because at the end of the day, you know, I set a goal out and that was to be a millionaire by the time I'm 50. I have no idea how it's going to happen. But each day, like you just said, you know, the four day work week each day, you know, I'm I'm doing a little bit each day to make to make that a reality. Yeah, it's it's so interesting um, with the trucking um, as you learn how to do that. 
I respect the fact that you're actually getting in the truck. Um, I've seen how the pre-inspection works. You have to walk around. You have to look at all the parts of the truck. You have to see how they all combine together. It's a lot. It's a lot. And I think you putting the work into that is going to allow whoever is underneath you to say, I respect this person who I work underneath because they took the time to, to know what I have to do as a driver. Exactly. They say that when you learn your craft and you're knowledgeable about it, nobody can take that away from you and it only grows your business that much. Exactly. So I think it's incredible that, um, that you're doing that because you're taking the step to say, I care about this business that I'm not doing it just for, because it sounds fun. I'm doing it because I, I know the worth of it and I know what kind of business I want to grow. And those are the, you know, those are big steps when you're trying to grow and the ROI is going to come with that. If you're not know if you don't know what ROI is, it's actually return on investment. Mm -hmm. So your return on investment is you're learning how to drive that truck so that when you hire drivers and they come to you, you can relate to what they're saying. Mm -hmm. So it's about also, we were talking earlier about social proof. You know, you look at your social media. Do you see what things are out there? Are you the as they always say, the smartest person in the room or the wealthiest person in the room. If that's you, you need to surround yourself with more individuals. The reason we do that is, is because we need to take those steps to grow ourselves. I always like to surround my people who know, surround myself with people who know a little bit more than me in certain industries. I've been in my industry in the hospitality for, you know, about 20 years and I'm always constantly learning. But what I learn from that is when I'm with somebody, sometimes I might learn best practices from somebody else who's been it or even somebody who's newer in it. And it doesn't mean I'm not good at what I do. It just means I want to grow and learn new things about it. Um, we can't always stay in the, in the same place. You have to always constantly be evolving and you constantly have to be learning about your craft. Um, the funny, the fun part about doing the podcast is also speaking with y'all in the, um, and so that you can all listen to it. But one of the interesting things about it is editing, um, you know, posting it, making sure that the audience understands it and coming up with titles and scripts. That's also fun and exciting too, because you're learning the best way that this podcast can grow. So that goes in any type of business that you're growing. And it kind of leads to mind over matter. And I know that's really how you kind of live your life too, Joel, is mind over matter for sure. Yeah, I um, um, I think mind over matter is so important because anything during the day or during your life can knock you down. And, or you know, or somebody could say, hey, you know, that's not going to happen. And then you, you know, then that guilt gets into your spirit, into your mind. And then now... You know, you're working less because what you have heard or what you have seen um, is not um, is not positive, you know. And so you definitely got to have that mind of a matter. That's why, like you said, you surround yourself with people. You surround good people. You, you be in, you know, different types of circle. Um, what I used to do when I was a lot younger, what I used to do is I used to drive around the different neighborhoods that I wanted to live in. I used to you know, visit different houses that I want to live in, look at different cars I wanted to drive. Why? To Because those were things that I was aiming for. It gave me something to look forward to that where I was was cool, but that's not where I wanted to end up. Mm -hmm. You know, I wanted to end up in a different place, you know, 
Uh, I wanted to do better than my mom and dad. You know, I wanted to make them proud of me. I wanted to make myself, you know, proud of me and be able to to do those things that I that, that I was so destined um, to wanted to do. And so I think it's very important that no matter if you grew up in poverty, you know, no matter if you grew up, you know, rich, that you aim high for different things that you want. I have known kids that grew up, you know, in the low socioeconomic, you know, area and still was able to get themselves into Harvard, still was able to get themselves into Yale, you know, because they had that mind over matter, had the idea that, okay, it doesn't matter where I start, but it matters where I finish. You know, um, those are some of the things that, you know, that we try to teach our kids, you know, every day. Um, I remember being in in, 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 in uh, grade school, and one of the things for me was my parents couldn't afford to, to um, you know, get those school clothes and the name brand shoes that I wanted, you know. And so, so when I became an adult and I started working for myself, I was like, you know what? You know, not that I'm going to splurge, but I'm going to get the things that I want, you know, as long as I can afford them, as long as it doesn't interfere with a bill or I'm not going to take my, my mortgage money or or, or my, my, my uh, you know, electricity money and go buy some shoes. I'm not going to do that. However, you know, I'm going to have enough money to where it doesn't affect, I can buy the shoes and it doesn't affect me, doesn't affect the bill. Um you know, and I remember, you know, as a kid, I think the first, vaca- our vacations were like going to Arkansas or Kansas City to see relatives. And now I'm able to take really good vacations. I mean, you know, just got back from D.C., you know, not too long ago. Never would have thought I was I would have been able to, to go to Washington, D.C., but I did. I was able to go to Washington, D.C. You know, I've been to, been out of the country several times. I've been to you know, New York and LA. These are places that, that I wish I would have been able to do as a kid, but I, but but we just couldn't afford it. And so when you have multiple streams of income, it enables you to do things that you might would have to wait till your next check. But I can say, you know what, where you want to go this weekend? Okay, well, you know what, I, I want to go to, you know, I want to go to Florida. I want to go, you know, on a weekend trip to, you know, Atlanta, Atlanta, Georgia, somewhere, and you can actually do that instead of waiting. Well, let me let's, let's wait to 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 the first or the fifteenth. <laughs> you know, mm-hmm. you know that's not that's not the way you want, that's not the way you want to live. Yeah, it's almost called the uh, keeping up with the Joneses syndrome. I kind of talked about you know the Taylor Swift effect last week, but on this on this part. Um, in researching from a lending club finds that 61% of adults are living paycheck to paycheck as of July, 2023, which has increased from the previous year. Um, basically what that boils down to, and I was just watching the news the other day, it's saying that unemployment has gone up and hit an ultimate high Mm -hmm. again. Um, not since pandemic, obviously, um, that was, you know, out of the norm. And that was, you know, something that we've never seen before. But with this, there are a lot of people that live outside of their means. Um, There is nothing wrong with keeping the car that works and not getting a new car that takes you out of your paycheck. 
if I can't say this enough, credit is super important. Make sure you're building your credit. Make sure you're not living above your means. Make sure you're paying your bills on time. If you do get a credit card, make sure it's a limit you can handle. Mm-hmm. Um, you can start with a starter credit card if you need to well, build that credit, credit a secured credit card, and the one that only has a limit of maybe seven fifty. I remember my first credit card; I only had a seven hundred fifty dollar limit. Oh, you but more I more than me. Yeah. Mine, mine, mine was, was two hundred. I guess they said they said we know we, we know what he gonna do. But I knew that if I hit seven fifty. I was at a place where I could pay 750, mm-hmm. you know, and you never want to be in a place where you can't pay that credit card off. Exactly. I think um, this day and age credit has become a very fluid thing to the point where I'll use my credit card for everything. Well, let's face it. We love getting the sky miles. We love getting the hotel credits. Um, you know, I have a great American express card that if you use it, your points doubled. Um, but you have to know how to manage that and be responsible. I look at that card and I go, okay, the bills due. I got to make sure I pay it. Or when I use it, I'm realizing that I have the money in my account to do it Mm -hmm. because it is so easy to get in $10,000, $15,000, $20,000 in debt because you don't realize it because you're just swiping. And I think this day and age, it's super easy because all you have to do is take your debit card and tap now. And when that first came out, the tap thing on the uh, credit card machine, I told myself, you can get in a lot of trouble for this because you'll tap and never check that account. And you go, I'm overdrawn. How did that happen? I just bought a burrito. So I think what you have to realize is you can only manage what you can manage. Mm -hmm. And I say that in the sense of if you know what's coming in, you know what's going out. And I think it's okay to live where you need to live until you get to the point where you can go further. And I think the term that I've um, heard you say before is delayed gratification. Um, There's nothing wrong with working hard so that you can get to that gratification that you're looking for. And if it takes a couple years to get there, just think of how empowering it is when you can go and say, I'm actually going to pay for the car all by itself. I'm not going to put it on a payment plan or I'm going to put money down to do this. And it's a lump sum. It's um, super empowering and it helps you, um, you know, kind of get further in life. No, it absolutely does. You know, if we all, you know, have have learned something from the pandemic, you know, that is no job is is for sure. No job is, is stable. You know, you could be working on there today and laid off tomorrow. Mm-hmm. You know, they call it downsizing, you know, or mm-hmm. or whatever, you know, whatever term it is. But, you know, one of the things I learned from the pandemic and, and luckily, you know, I mean, it was just, you know, by the grace of God that I was able to continue to work, you know, as a teacher um, is that, you know, people was losing their jobs, you know, especially in the restaurant business because nobody was coming into the restaurant because of COVID. You know, nobody was sitting there eating together. Food wasn't being prepared. Um, and so, you know, those people had to go and try to find other jobs or file for unemployment. And so when you're in that situation, um, it tough. It brings a new light to into your life. And you start thinking, oh, shoot, I need to, you know, start doing something else. I need to have something stable. And so one of the things that, you know, like as we've, we've talked about is just working on having multiple streams. So if one stream go down, you got another stream. You know, if that stream go down, you got another stream. I don't care if it's if you want to start out just 
you know, hey, I'm, I'm going to sell clothes or, or you're going to, you know, make snow cones or whatever. That's still, you know, one stream. It may not be a, be, be a lot, but it's still something that you're starting, you know, that you're starting to do and you're starting to think about more than just the job that you that you work on. You know, some days when I get up in the morning and I drive across town to go to work, um, I think about what else I could be doing, how else I could be making, you know, making making money to where if I want to go to work, I can. If I want to stay at home, I can do that too. If I want to take a, you know, a two-week vacation, I'm going to do that as well. And that's the kind of life that you want to live. You don't want to have to live a life where you got to wake up, you know, because they tell you to and go to work every single day because they tell you to, <laughs> you know, to me, that's part of living, you know, living check to check. You know, and so like you know, like Roberto, you said, sixty one percent of adults are living paycheck to paycheck. That is a lot of people, because a lot of times we're one check away from being homeless. You know, have you ever thought about that? One check away from being homeless, and that is not a good position to be in. You know, if you've never thought about that. Yeah, one check. Uh, you know. You were you were in education, so you worked. I actually was in hospitality, and I lost my job. My I lost my job for over a year, and I had to learn. I had to move out of my apartment. I had to move cross country, move in with my my parents, um, as a forty year old. And that's very humbling because you realize that if that unemployment check's not coming in, what are you going to do? I had exactly. still had car payments. I still had credit card. I still had student loans that I had to pay off. Um, what it taught me though was you're okay and that you can start over again if mm, you have to yeah. that you don't have to um that you can slow down and take the time to realize what is going to happen next for me and i think that's what that mind over matter is okay this happened to me what am i going to do with my mind to get me over that matter and i think um that is what is going to entice you to get further and further ahead in life absolutely and so to wrap it up guys you know Scale your business. If you are, if you have a business of your own, all right, scale up. It's not really flourishing, and I'm, and, and some of you may 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 not like this, but it's not your business. is not really flourishing if you can't go on vacation, okay, all right, and your business can continue to run. If you can go on vacation and your business continue to run, then your business is flourishing. But if you can't go on vacation because you still got to stay there and be the cook and, and the host and still put the flyers out and do all of those things, then you're not there yet. And so once you are able to do that, then now, all right, we can say, okay, she or he is on their way to being that that, that seven stream of income, you know, millionaire. Uh, social proof. Who are you hanging around? Who are you talking to? You know, what different people are you seeking out on social media? Don't let social media be all about, oh, hey, girl, you know, I ain't seen you in a while. You know, what you up to or, you know, you know some kind of gossip or something. You know, be about if you're going to going to talk, be about business. You're trying to figure out how to how to make it. You're trying to figure out what millionaires or, you know, that you can follow, what, you know, what lifestyles that you can follow that are positive to where, hey, you know what, I want to follow this person. And let me see what they going on, you know, and how to make my life, okay, resemble what their life is. And then the last thing, like Roberta said, mind over matter. 
okay, that you got to be strong enough mentally to overcome whatever that 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 you're dealing with in your life at that time to make it over to the other side. And so what I want you guys to do is put it in your mind by the end of 2023 that you will have a, at least another uh, a stream of income coming into your house. I don't care what it is. Just make sure to do it, do it legally, <laughs> you know, yeah. but, but get your but, LLC <laughs> if you need it. Yeah. But you got another stream of income coming in. Okay. Build it and then let it work for you so you can move on to the next thing in, in, in your life. That's our show for today. Life is a story. Write it well. Edit often. See you.